Hello, this is Ryan Reiser, your host. This is gonna be a very different podcast series than anything you've experienced on the market. What I'm trying to do is change things up a little bit. Rather than having a special guest and one topic with great conversation that goes away, we're gonna host a series of experts and others who have perspective on different topics over a period of time, gather that in a series of episodes, and roll that out until we've really exhausted a topic. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast, and thanks again for listening in. Super excited for our next guest on this topic. Uh, Nick Sigelski, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Ryan, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you today. My name is Nick Sigelski. I'm an enterprise account executive at a tech company called SurePoint. I'm also the host of another podcast called 30 Minutes to President's Club. And I'm excited for this conversation because I think I have a unique perspective in that I believe I'm the first individual contributor that's going to be talking about this topic with you. Yeah, you certainly are. And I'm actually uh, really excited for this conversation because, you know, got to meet you through your podcast, which, by the way, if you guys haven't checked it out, check it out as it comes out. It's, uh, it's a great concept, packed full of tactical takeaways. So take a look at it. Um, uh, highly recommend um, also following those guys because they're smart. Uh, Nick is an uh, individual contributor for the first time on this, this topic, and I, I'm really, really excited to dive in because everybody else we've had, whether they're a coach or a leader, has had their perspective, and now we get to hear it from those fo frontline folks. What are they doing? And I think this is great not only for the individual contributors, but also for leadership to, to hear what you have to say here. So super fired up, and I think you might have more energy than I do. So that's even better. So let's get into this. So right into it, you know, do, do you believe in the rise of this new revenue intelligence coaching culture movement? What do you have to say about that? Well, coaching cultures are important. And from my perspective, being able to take coaching is even more important. And I've listened to some of your other episodes. Uh, I, I love the one with, um, with Kevin Dorsey. I really look up to him. He was talking about uh, or maybe you were talking about it on the episode, giving a, a major league baseball bat to a bunch of little leaguers doesn't make them equipped to play in the MLB. And I think the same thing applies. So I, I don't have a ton of experience working with some of the revenue intelligence platforms that I think everybody is familiar with. If you open up LinkedIn, LinkedIn ever, like that stuff's all over there and you can read about it and look at it. But um, from my perspective, you need to have the foundation first, which is the culture, the coaching, the feedback loop. and so. When I think about it from an individual contributor status, I'm not the one in the driver's seat of saying, this is what our organization is doing from a coaching perspective, but I do have a lot of control over how I solicit feedback, how I get the most out of feedback, and then how I reinforce that. And so if you wanna talk about that a little bit, we can, Ryan. No, I love that. I mean, we can deviate off some of the initial questions on this side too, because I think you have an awesome framework to think about, right? So uh, let's dive deeper into that. So as a as an individual contributor, we usually talk about maybe what's working and what's not working, you know, but let's just get right into what does this look like for you at your company today? And uh, specifically for you, right? You don't have technology, right? You said you're not using the technology. I thought that was necessary to coach. I thought that was necessary. So so how do you, you know, go through that framework, you know, uh, talk, talk us through it a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, right? We don't have the technology. We can't do it. I don't have outreach. I guess I can't prospect either. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you don't, you, you, you can't sequence. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to hang out and wait for some inbound leads. That's what I'm going to do. No. Um, 
So I'm lucky in that the organization that I work for, we've got a great coaching culture. I have frequent conversations with my boss, um, not only about, about things that are happening right here, right now, but longer term areas for growth. And that's part of the reason that I came here. Um, but I think I do a pretty good job pulling feedback out of the folks that I work for. And I think two strategies around that that have really impacted me my entire career and I still use now. One, if you're an individual contributor and you want to get better coaching, more coaching, you want to solicit that, you have to make it as easy as possible for the person you're asking for help from to give you help. And here's what I mean by that, Ryan. It's one thing for me to go to my VP of sales and say, hey, I made 500 cold calls last week and I left 500 voicemails and nobody called me back. What's wrong with my voicemails? It's another for me to go to him and say, hey, here are two MP4 recordings that I made on my phone of what my voicemails are. I think my call to action is off. Can you listen to these and let me know where you think I need to improve? So hmm. the first one, the, the difference there is that I'm going and saying, here's what I've already done. I'm making it easy for them. If, man, this prospecting thing isn't working for me, I can't get any meetings, that doesn't do my boss much good because he has no idea what the context is. So you've got to make it easy. You've got to do the legwork. Coaching is a two-way conversation. It's not just my boss telling me what to do better. It's me saying, here's what I've done. Here's what I've tried. Here's where I think my blind spot is. Can you help me get the 360 degree view? So you got to make it easy, man. Well, that's huge. So, so being proactive and soliciting that feedback, but being super specific, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the same for anything in, uh, and this is sales, right? Being specific and direct with what we're looking for. You have to do the same if you want to have, um, a, a good coaching culture from an individual side, because look, we're all busy. And, but I don't know if you asked me to review your calls, well, what do you want me to look at? Right. Or in this case, your voicemails, even what do you want me to look at? So being very specific with the use case, but taking it even further and saying, no, 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 I think it's the call to action. Can you pay attention to that? Um, two, here they are, make it super simple. And, and then what other things do you do from there? Right. How do you, how do you, What's the feedback loop? You said 360, right? What does that mean? Okay. So it's no different than when you're on a discovery call with a customer or a prospect. Um, so I talked about you're doing, you're doing half the work, right? I'm, I'm saying, here's what I think it is. Here's what I have. I want to hear from you what you think I'm missing. And it's really important when you're getting coaching or you're getting feedback to bring your defensive walls down to mm -hmm. throw your ego out of it. And it's much easier said than done. <laughs> but the second you start getting defensive, when you're getting feedback, you've now deterred that person from ever giving you a look into your blind spot again, or really being open and candid with you. So you've got to bring your walls down. You've got to seek first to understand before be trying to be understood, which means you get a piece of feedback instead of saying, well, no, this is why I did it that way or attempting to justify or even moving on to the next thing, listening and clarifying. Oh, can you tell me more about that? Mm -hmm. And Ryan, that's not very different than what you would do when you're on a call with a customer. But my goal is to pull out as much as possible here 
understand fully what's being explained or coached to me, and then demonstrating that I legitimately want to get better. I think there's a ton of millennials love to get, they get labeled all the time as they want too much feedback. They're always asking for like real-time feedback loop. And part of the issue is they're not making it easier for the people who are giving them feedback. And then when they do get criticized, their feelings get hurt. And I, yeah. I, I fall into that, that, that uh, age demographic bucket, but you've got to get rid of that. It's a business conversation. When you're getting coached, it's a business conversation, not a personal conversation, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. So let's unpack that a little bit further too, because this is, this is gold, right? Uh, I think you're spot on when it comes to all of us in sales, that ego thing. Look, we can't get around that. That's one of the reasons why uh, most of us are drawn into sales, whether you believe it or not, you have some sort of huge competitive edge that's driving you to, to be in this profession. And with that comes, you know, typically, a lot of traits that lead to you're usually successful in something, right? And when you're usually successful in something, um, you know, you're naturally good at things and you get, you get to a point where you feel like you're, you're, you're pretty good at things. But the reality is um, if you want to continue to get better, that's how you elevate yourself to elite status. And so the difference between an amateur athlete and a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete is that difference of being able to be coached, right? Um, unless you're, you know, just naturally gifted, which most of us wouldn't be, right? And so um, being able to take down those walls and not get defensive, that's huge. What, that, 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 that one thing around like pause, that's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean instead of but I mean, it was that one situation where, and dude, I'll tell you right now, I find myself wanting to do that often where it's like, well, it was because, and it's like, no, no, no. But instead of saying that, I should say, Hey, you're actually right. Can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, why you think that's so important or whatever it might be. And I think that's huge. So now you've got the 360 feedback. We're reducing our, you know, walls. What, what else is necessary here for you to continue to, you know, be successful in the coaching culture? Well, so I'll give you one other line that I've always used to solicit more feedback and get uh, more from the folks that are coaching me. And it's the line, I'm interested in seeing my performance improved, not approved. And when you let people know that, that you want to get better, and that's why you're asking for feedback, I think they're more apt to give it to you. A lot of folks are afraid of getting their feelings, uh, are afraid of hurting your feelings. And so they're holding they're holding things back. So I use that line a lot, but that's um, huge though. I mean, that's, that's so, that's so important because if you're not actually making that super clear, going back to your first piece, right? You may not get what you need. Yeah. Be specific. Yeah, totally. Totally. Do you actually want to be coached or do you want to have approval? That's huge. Well, and that's so, what I think a lot of, of young, young people are doing is they really just want approval, which is why they're asking for feedback. They don't want feedback. Um, but let me answer your, I'll answer your question, Ryan. And it's, it's the last piece of this trifecta here, which is the reinforcement side of things, Yeah. Um, which is you've solicited feedback. Now you've gotten the feedback and you've brought your walls down and the person has given you everything that you need. Now you've got to reinforce that. And I've got a really, really handy piece of technology that I use called a, a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You don't, you don't have any, you, you don't have outreach. You don't have a call, plot, a coaching platform. 
Wait, and you keep your notes on, on paper? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit here. I write it down on a piece of paper and then I have like a, it's like a Google Doc, Evernote sort of thing where I put everything into a document. And, and the name of the, the page in this book that I, online book that I have, it's called Learnings. Mm -hmm. And anytime I get feedback or I like figure something out or a better way to do it, I put it in that document. Also, this is kind of a self-coaching thing. Anytime I mess something up at work, I immediately go into that document and I don't call it mistakes. I call it learnings. And there's, there's a psychology thing behind that, but I put things in that document and then you have to go back and review it. The reinforcement piece is huge. Um, I think every single sales coach likes to make an analogy between professional athletes running their fundamental drills and salespeople, but it's true. It's true. I mean, it's the fundamentals. You already know what you need to do to be a successful salesperson for the most part. Now there's some little nuanced things, but it's really about the fundamentals. Um, so you get feedback, you get coaching, write it down somewhere. The act of writing it down actually helps you internalize it more and then go back and periodically review it. It's not super hard, but over time, that stuff starts to get ingrained into your brain and it becomes who you are as a sales professional and you get a lot better, a lot faster, which is what we're interested in doing. This is, this is, this is gold. This is gold. So, you know, that, that three-step framework, if, if uh, individuals put this together, is really going to help up-level not only their, themselves, but also leadership. And so, when you look at your actual environment, is this something that at your company today, is this, is this something that you specifically do or does the rest of your team also have this same mindset framework process? Tell me a little bit more Brian, about that. Truthfully, I, I kind of made up the framework maybe 20 minutes before we got on here. I mean, it's stuff that I'm doing, but uh -huh. I had to sit down and kind of map it out. So no, it's not something that's being prescribed by the organization, okay. but I think it's something that anybody can do. And, yeah. and so you bring up a point there where not every salesperson is in an organization that has a coaching culture uh, yeah. where they're getting things like that. And even if you do the solicit side of things, you still might not get what you need. And so there's also a, a side to, to self-improvement and self-coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's where technology can come into play, where if you can record something and there's different laws in different states and countries, um, you know, and if you want the low-tech option, Again, I would make sure that this is legal. I don't know. You can flip open your, your phone or your webcam and just record yourself when you're on a call and then watch it back yourself. It's kind of like reviewing your own game tape. You might not have a coach to sit there alongside of you, but most of us are self-aware enough that if we watch ourselves, we say, oh, wow. Yeah, that didn't sound good. I probably need to rework the way I talk about that. Um, and then also you've got the, most of us are booking back to back to back meetings, which that's all. I mean, if you have that much going on in your day, you kind of have to do it. But if you're able to take five minutes at the end of your meeting and instead of rushing off to the next task or thing you got to do or text you got to answer and actually take five minutes and assess what worked, what didn't, what would I do differently if I had a do over on that call demo meeting I just had, you'll pull out a lot of that stuff yourself. And then you start becoming your own coach in a way. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you have, uh, so, so within your company today, do you have uh, any peer-to-peer -peer coaching happening as well? Because I think that's a big part of uh, something that I didn't really have access to when I was coming up 
in my profession, uh, you know, in the profession as the companies I worked for, I was always like one of the first hires and then would work my way into leadership. And uh, so I was never in a position where I had peer to peer, but now at Connect and Sell, there's a lot of peers and I get a tremendous amount of value talking to the folks that are tasked at doing the same work that I do. Do, do you have something like that in your environment today? Yeah, it's not formalized. Again, it's not formalized, but yeah. I, I'm talking with, with folks on my team almost every week. Usually mm-hmm. it's like Friday afternoon. I'll put my headset on. I'm in, I'm in Southern California, so I can go for a walk pretty much uh, every month out of the year and enjoy some sunshine. And I'll, I'll just catch up with somebody for 20, 30 minutes. And sometimes we'll talk about work stuff. Um, sometimes it's just having a conversation, but I'm lucky in that there are some really experienced folks on my team who are just covering different territories than me. And I've learned a lot from them um, having those conversations. Yeah. Not formal. So, yeah. So, so again, going into a position where you yourself seem to have such a solid framework and you're not relying on technology. You don't necessarily have to require your team to come to you. You're, you're number one, right? You're soliciting that and that's helping you advance. You've got this, you know, you've got this ability to put the walls down, ask for more. So you're actually getting the most out of it and then you're documenting it. Um, and so that doesn't mean it's something at your company. You just internalize yourself. Um, if we, if you make a transition into maybe what you've seen that's not working, I know you mentioned the piece of, you know, looking for approval, not to be, you know, improvement in this case, <laughs> but uh, what, what else do you see that maybe is not working or have you, have you seen that doesn't work when it comes to the, this coaching culture? Yeah. So what doesn't work again, it's, it's being afraid to hurt somebody's feelings, mm-hmm. but I think it's also not fully understanding the context of a situation. Um, I've seen feedback given where somebody didn't actually understand everything that happened behind the scenes there. And so it's kind of tough as a, as a salesperson because you want to be, okay, tell me more about that. I want to make sure I understand fully. And if somebody's wrong, it's like, but you, you have to ask for that as a salesperson. You have to ask and finally understand, oh, okay, actually, I think you understand the situation wrong. So um, not wanting to hurt the person's feelings not fully understanding the context, which is kind of tough. And it's really just, you have to have a conversation and get to the heart of that. But then, and Corey, Corey um, Bray talked about this in the episode that, that he had with you, is sometimes the salesperson knows where they need to improve. And you've got to give them an opportunity to bring that up. So if I had a 30 minute coaching call set and it's with you, Ryan, and you show up guns blazing, want to t- wanting to talk about You've, about how I can do a better job prospecting, but I just came off of eight discovery calls and I know I really need to get better there and that's my number one weakness. If you don't give me an opportunity to ask about that and say, hey, can we talk a little bit about this and you just start talking about better prospecting, well then one, I kind of feel like you didn't give me any say and it's, it's gotta be a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I start to shut down. Like, I don't wanna talk, maybe I do need to get better at prospecting, but I really wanted your help with this topic. Again, it's, it's really not very different than what you would do with a prospect or a customer. You've got to have mm-hmm. some sort of shared agenda. You've got to have clear expectations. You've got to make sure that uh, everyone is mentally available to have that conversation. I don't want to have a 30-minute coaching conversation with you when it's evident that your brain is somewhere else. And I haven't had that happen to me in a really long time, um, but it certainly happened early in my career. Yeah. Well, this is really good stuff. And I'll, I, uh, 
I'm going to jump ahead now. We're wrapping things up because you've already talked through some of this stuff. Um, you know, you, you already mentioned that tools, tools technology wise are not necessary. Um, and so um, I am curious though, uh, outside of paper and pens, um, are there any specific tools and a tool can be a process too that you think are absolutely necessary to, to I guess, individualize a coaching culture? And maybe what, what is that? What's the necessary elements that you can see here? I don't, I don't think there's anything else necessary. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do think is helpful is video. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that, Ryan, is if I'm going to get on a one-on-one -on -one with my boss, most of us have I, uh, you know, iPhones and we can FaceTime or you can get on a Zoom call like this. And I don't know what the stats are. They're different every time I read them. But the difference between verbal communication and then when you can actually see the person, like mm -hmm. you get so much more when you're face-to-face -face with somebody, even on a video call. And so yeah. I think that helps bring down walls too. And I'm, I'm a pretty visual learner and you got a whiteboard behind you, which I know the listeners can't see, but you can actually write something out and map it out for me, which might help me understand more fully. So there's no excuse not to be using that. Um, but other than that, man, you get on the phone, you have a conversation with somebody and you get better. That's what it is. <laughs> I love it. So I, uh... Uh, again, thank you so much for being a guest today. Last question, uh, and then I'll, I'll let users wrap, wrap on this one, uh, which is powerful. Appreciate your time today. You know, outside of coaching and developing reps, and this is from your perspective now, what do you see as one of the biggest challenges for, I guess, as a user, but but in the in the light of for leadership in the next couple of years, right? Especially from your perspective, right? What do you see as the biggest challenge uh, coming out? especially coming out of COVID, I guess, you know, this is a whole, whole other world we're living in. What, what are you seeing as the biggest challenge moving forward? I think the biggest challenge hasn't changed and that it's a lot of folks, a lot of sales professionals do not have the discipline that it takes to survive in this profession. And I define discipline as doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. And I credit my high school wrestling coach for that. Um, and that applies to everything. It applies to making your prospecting calls it applies to showing up prepared for every single meeting. It applies to taking feedback when you're having a really tough day and maybe you don't want to hear that tough feedback. But most of us are not disciplined enough to survive and thrive in what I think is one of the hardest professions. And so it's huge. getting everybody to buy into that, the level of discipline that it takes to succeed is a massive challenge. Uh, and I don't have the solution for it. That's huge. Uh, eat the frog, swallow the toad or whatever that's, that saying is. So yeah. um, thank you so much uh, for sharing your insight perspective on this topic today. Nick, if folks want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? Send me a message on LinkedIn. My first name's easy. It's N-I-C-K. The last name's a little trickier. I'll spell it. It's C-E-G-E-L-S-K-I. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time today and appreciate your, uh, your insights. Have a good one, man. Hey, this was fun. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers.